Hi, welcome to Unmasking Your Power with myself, Sarah Poussant, owner and director of the Rainbow Clinic Paediatric Occupational Therapy. Unmasking Your Power is where I get to sit down with amazing business owners and entrepreneurs and pick their brains about all things business and life. We delve into their secrets, passions, values, morning routines and what makes them successful and ultimately happy. So thank you, Jean, for your time and commitment to this quest. I'm super keen to get to know you more and share your story with our listeners. Today's interviewee is Jean Kelly, breath and ice man and holistic health expert. Jean had about a year ago decided he wanted to bring breath and ice to the local community and to build his very own community from there. So what started as a group of about eight mates has grown to over 160 members joining him on Merriweather Beach on a fortnightly or once a month basis for a very early morning session of breath work and then ice plunging and ice bath. Jean's personal story is evident of how much both breath work and ice plunges have helped. So yeah, let's get started. This is uh, just an exciting day for me to have you on the podcast channel. So thank you. I was super excited. I've told our team that Jean Kelly's coming. So (laughs) there'll be a few people ready to listen to this episode. Oh, great. Well, thank you for having me. I'm also really excited and grateful to be here. Thank you. Uh, So did you want to tell us a little bit about your story and experience? Yeah, I would really love to. But You mentioned on the walk here that you were feeling a little bit tired. It's the afternoon. We're coming to the end of the day. And um, I thought, well, what a great opportunity for me to run you through what we call a breath flow, which is just a series of different breathing techniques designed to actually recharge and reset your system so you can Mm -hmm. be nice and switched on alert. Would that be something you'd like to go through? Absolutely. I was hoping you would say that so I can get a little bit of a breathwork session here and uh, we'll share how you do that to to the listeners. So if everyone can get comfortable where they are on their couch or whether they're driving a car, just be careful if you're driving. But yeah, let's go through the breath flow. Sounds great. Fantastic. And just to reiterate, if you're someone who's driving, probably don't do this (laughs) technique. But uh, if you're listening at home or if you want to listen to it once you get home uh, as a resource for, for you to recharge your system, that'll be just fine as well but what I'd like to invite you to do is go ahead and close your eyes and just tune in with your breath so there's no need to change the breath just imagine the breath is like the bullseye of a target board and you're just focusing all of that attention on the way you breathe and what we're going to do in a moment is take about 10 really big deep breaths And you might get a little bit dizzy, but it's only going to be for a moment. And then once we do 10 breaths, I'm going to instruct you to hold your breath and just follow along with me. So let's go ahead and do that now. Let's take a big breath in through the mouth or the nose. And breathe out. little fuller now big breath in and let it go five more big breath in four to go four three 
two. One more breath in. Now hold. And we're going to breathe out for 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, breathe in, 2, 3, 4, breathe out, 2, 3, 4, and again, just like that, in, 2, Three, four, and out. Two, three, four. Nice and gentle now. In, through your nose, and out of your nose. Gently in, through your nose, and out through your nose. Let's do five now. In. Two, three, four, five, and out. Two, three, four, five. Breathe in. Two, three, four, five, and out. Two, just like that. You know what to do. Just breathing in and breathing out. All we're doing now is breathing a little longer, slower and deeper than you would normally breathe. No need to be perfect on any sort of count, just slowing things down. And as you breathe, try to breathe into your belly. So we're breathing low and try not to lift through your chest at all. So if you're listening at home, you can place your hands on your belly. And as the breath comes in, the belly goes out. And as the breath goes out, the belly comes in. Just continuing to breathe in and out a little longer, slower and deeper than you would normally breathe. And in a moment, we're going to take a hold up top. So wherever you are, let's take a gentle breath in. Gentle breath out. That way we can meet at the bottom and together we breathe in. Two, three, four and hold. Two, Three, four, breathe out. Two, three, four, breathe in. Two, three, four, and hold. Two, three, four, breathe out. Two, three, four, two more. In and hold. And when you're ready, breathing out. Good. Make it your own. No need to count. Just breathing in gently. Hold up the top for a moment and then just let it go. That's with every exhale, just becoming a little bit more relaxed. Every time you breathe out, try to soften your muscles a little bit more. And just to bring it all home, we're going to take 10 Big, deep, fast breaths again, just to recharge and switch back on. Let's start that now. Big breath in. Five 
five more. Two more. One more breath in. And slowly out, relaxing your body as you exhale, then returning to a natural rhythm in and out. And when you're ready, you can go ahead and open your eyes. So the fast breathing at the beginning kind of gets you out of your head a little bit and allows you to drop straight back into the slow breathing. So there's a bit of contrast there. Mm -hmm. I find if we go straight into the slow breathing, people still get caught up in their head, but yeah. the wheels are continue to spin yeah. after a busy day. But then we slow things down, we relax for a moment, and then the fast yeah. breathing can switch you back on. So this is perfect yeah. to do in the morning or lunchtime or afternoon if you need a recharge. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't recommend this before bed, um, okay. particularly the fast breathing at the end. You mm -hmm. could perhaps start with fast, finish slow, then go straight to bed. Yeah. But sleeping is all about down regulation. Mm -hmm. So we want to slow the breath down to calm the nervous system down. Okay. But how do you feel? Oh, awesome amazing <laughs> <laughs> it's a really nice simple one there really yeah. nice and quick practical yeah. yeah and i think i mean i hope the listeners were able to um yeah stay for that i feel like the duration of that even though it's just five minutes wow it can change your day your week your month like i feel like uh, less stress less anxiety like yeah you know it kind of um takes away a little bit of the uh takes the edge off a little bit doesn't yeah, it it's like a happy drug i guess yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah well i mean this is something that's so powerful for self-regulation the ability to calm yourself down or wake mm -hmm. yourself back up it's all within you as well it, the breath is abundant it's right under our nose and yeah. you know the alternatives when people are feeling lethargic is a coffee and mm. was it like um, three o'clock or nearly, nearly yeah, four o'clock in the afternoon yeah yeah 10 so, to 4 p.m so yeah. to have a coffee at this time mm. It's going to compromise your sleep. You may not think it does, but if you're someone with lousy sleep, the, one of the first questions I'd be asking is, hey, you know, how late are you drinking coffee? How much coffee are you drinking? Yeah. Because that does cut into your sleep hormones um, mm -hmm. and disrupts those mechanisms. Yeah. Um, but an alternative to that that won't do that, that still allows you to become alert is your breath practice. Breath. So it's yeah. an amazing tool and it's not just for becoming more alert and resetting. You can do it for all sorts of things, okay. um, which we might get into at some point today. Yeah, cool. I mean, I, I just know um, I've been coming to Jean's Breath and Ice uh, Baths now. I started October with you guys at the Redhead uh, Sanctuary. Mm -hmm. I did a course there and I was like, wow, I've done meditation and breath work, but the ice bath for the first time was one of the most incredible, invigorating experiences I've ever, ever had. Uh, and I've gone every time now to Meriwether and uh, yeah, it is awesome. Amazing. It's like yeah. uh, meditation on steroids, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. When you got to get that focus in, in the ice and yeah. really, you know, cut out the external conditions uh, from your internal state and yes. stay calm. It's uh, yes. really yeah. wonderful. And it's incredible to watch everybody that hops in your ice bath there's like this just watching them from stress from like alert and anxious to once they start breathing there's this stillness and calmness and everyone's in there for two minutes and people last that duration that's right by focusing on their breath mm -hmm. it's like wow it's just like you say it's at the end of our nose we we breathe every day we just don't know how powerful it is when we can conquer our our breathing that's right um, well we take twenty six thousand breaths every single day wow at least Okay. Um, a lot of people take a lot more than that. 
but um it's something that we don't really think about you know what i talk Mm. about at the beach is that it's a function that's both under autonomic which you can think of as automatic control um the body will breathe for us if we're not thinking about it like when we sleep but it's also something that we've got conscious control over Mm. so we can change the way we breathe and uh the pace and the depth and all that sort of thing yeah and it's for that reason that I see the breath as like this secret doorway to the nervous system be- okay. because it is cool. both under conscious and under con- unconscious control. Yeah. And yeah. Um, cool. it just allows us to tap into the parts of us that we don't think we have control over, but using the breath, we, we can regulate ourselves. Oh, it's powerful. I'm excited to mm-hmm. get into the interview. I think we're going to all learn a lot from this interview. So, yeah, let's get started. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your personal story and your experience with breath and ice? Yeah, sure. So I didn't know much when I was in high school, except for the fact that I didn't want to sort of, you know, do the regular nine to five sort of thing, as I'm sure most entrepreneurs kind of do. Um, I didn't really know what I wanted to do, but my dream was to be a pro wrestler, believe it or not. Yeah, yeah. So I grew up watching people like Stone Cold Steve Austin for any (laughs) 90s wrestling fans out there. But all these people were really muscular. So that's when I got my first weightlifting set because I wanted to pursue that dream. And that was sort of my doorway into the fitness world. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that um, there were a lot of benefits to getting stronger and Mm. looking after my physical health. And that eventually led down the path of personal training. So I became a personal trainer. And um, the advice that I ended up developing after a few years in the industry to people that were just entering the industry Mm -hmm. was to know your stuff and to give us stuff. That's all you needed to do to be successful as a personal trainer and i believe that's because if you couldn't get results for your clients Mm -hmm. as in you didn't quite know your stuff enough you would give enough of the stuff to go and find answers so i would find that some approaches would work for some people but not others so i was like okay Okay. well i'm going to take responsibility and i'm going to really find out what i don't know Mm -hmm. and work out the best way to tackle this approach and Mm -hmm. sure enough i'd find answers but then i'd find limitations with other people and going down the rabbit hole just continually looking for answers in this way led me to quite a holistic approach to health you see there's not just one thing that influences our health it's actually everything like literally everything your lifestyle (laughs) Lifestyle. your decisions your work your home life your your relationship with yourself it's almost like every Mm -hmm. single thing that happens in our life contributes to the piece of the puzzle that ultimately determines your quality of health and that includes okay. mental and emotional health too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I became quite quite holistic in that way. Yeah. Um, but then there's my personal story. It's, it's funny that I mentioned this because, again, early in my career, um, I was quite physically healthy, but mm-hmm. I probably lacked the mental health or definitely lacked the mental health that I now have. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I dealt with a lot of social anxiety. Mm-hmm. I struggled to order pizzas <laughs> when, I'd, when I'd ring up trying to order a pizza. It was just nerve-wracking to call the restaurant. Um, I was prescribed antidepressants at one stage. Mm-hmm. But because I developed this holistic approach, which is kind of anti-pharmaceutical, <laughs> um, that's not a path I wanted to go down. So that's when I started you know, exploring wow. alternative non-pharmacological options to treat what I was feeling. Yeah, awesome. And um, that's when I discovered meditation. Yeah. Meditation really changed my life. Mm 
Mm-hmm. And then um, I realized that meditation doesn't work for everyone, but breath work can. Mm-hmm. Like we sort of mentioned, sometimes the wheels keep turning when you sit and try to meditate. But if you do a couple fast breaths, you kind of get out of your own head. And we know that we know why that is. 30 seconds of fast breathing has been shown to decrease blood flow to the high level thinking centers by between 30 and 80%. Wow. So you literally have that voice in your mind that's chattering all the time. A couple big deep breaths. It slows sh- it right down. Slows it right wow. down. So this allows you to really get a foothold in meditation. If you contrast that with some slow breathing, which is basically what meditation is, mm. now you can start to control the mind. Um, yeah. wow. And then at that point, so that's sort of the breath work component. And there's a whole spectrum of breath work. You can go mm-hmm. quite fast with the breathing and induce these psychedelic-like states, which have a whole lot of healing benefits as well. Mm-hmm. But I think day to day, a slow breathing practice is going to help calm your nervous system down. Most people's nervous systems are way too wide. <laughs> so by slowing down and regulating yourself, this slower way of being becomes the new normal. You literally train your nervous system the same way you train the muscles of your body. Mm-hmm. The way you use it, you become more efficient at it. Okay. Right. So yeah. if you do nothing but squats, you're going to get really good at squatting. Yeah. If you do a lot of slow breathing, you're going to get good, pretty good at being calm. Mm-hmm. And then... At that point in my journey, I realized that um, you know, I was always trying to help people and, and articulate why this stuff's important, but I realized that people don't really listen to what you do or listen to what you say, but they do watch what you do. So that's uh-huh. when I sort of stopped yeah. talking about um, this stuff and instead started embodying it. And one of the major lessons that I learned was that life's full of challenges no matter what. You can either face them or have them chase you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the best way to confront challenges is to face them forthrightly. And that's an embodied process. You've got to really act that, that out in your life. Right. And so I thought, okay, well, if I want to encourage people to face their challenges forthrightly, I need to embody that and be the example. How can I do that? And I thought, well, ice water scares the crap out of me. I could think of nothing worse than sitting in ice water. So that's what I've got to do. Wow. So I started sitting in ice and putting it on my social media and it turned a few heads and then I did my breath work uh, instructor courses. I've done a couple now and yep. I did got more familiar with the ice and the science behind it. And um, then honestly, with the breath and ice stuff on the beach, I just wanted to practice facilitating. Like I didn't plan on starting the community. I just yeah. wanted practice, but it just grew organically. Wow. And it's, it's funny because you mentioned before the call about uh, business coaching. Yes. You know, in, in 2020, when around the same time COVID hit, not because of COVID, but around that time, yeah. I actually was working with a business coach and wow. um, I didn't get very much out of it at all. And it cost me $25,000. And one of the strategies that we were trying to do was to build a Facebook group, you know, uh-huh. of, of a support, a, of, oh, yeah. just a community, yeah. you know, that yeah. might be interested in, in my services perhaps or whatever. Wow. And, uh, you know, a lot of money and effort to to build something like that mm-hmm. but then as soon as i stopped trying to force things and just did something that i loved it happened organically um yeah wow so yeah, we've got like a huge facebook group we've got hundreds of people oh. showing up on the beach it's yeah. kind of ridiculous we've got mbn news <laughs> coming NBN by news there, I know. yeah it's crazy it's uh it's really cool <laughs> it's super cool just yeah. watch it evolve and just how effortless it was not that i haven't yeah. put in effort because a lot of my energy does go into it yeah but without even trying this these beautiful communities around me like these people i didn't know 18 months ago and now they're yeah. some of my best friends i love yeah. seeing them yeah. everyone's a valued member it's yeah really special that's awesome uh, that it wasn't your intention to sort of build, uh, you know, 
essentially it wasn't a, that's you know incredible you were just doing what you love and people were coming and speaking to you I suppose and seeing what you're doing and there's a lot of onlookers I've noticed so I guess it's growing I mean Merriweather Beach is such a busy place that it's a good spot like I think more people um yeah and like sharing your breath and ice on Facebook has gone gangbusters too you know and the more I've been talking about I was like oh yeah I've just been seeing people down there that I know in the community so it's incredible how it's grown so quickly and um so yeah it's you should be extremely proud of of that I am really grateful for the members you know I I try to keep a level head you know I'm not the star of the show Um, the breath and the ice is the star Mm -hmm. you know that's what really does the magic and and the community themselves Mm -hmm. Uh, you know it's the people if they weren't wonderful people there probably wouldn't keep coming back there's something special and unique about that community yeah and I'm really proud to Mm. you know create the space but um yeah I can hardly take all the credit (laughs) yeah um, so what does a typical day look like for you? What do you do? What does a morning routine look like? Are you jumping in the ice every day? That was the question I had. I wonder how many times a week are you in the ice? So um, my my day varies. Um, I normally try to get up at about 6.30 every morning and I normally try to do something for my body and my mind. So mm-hmm. meditations are non-negotiable for me. Yeah, I try to do 30 minutes basically as soon as I wake up. I might wake up and have some lion's mane, which we discussed earlier, and then I'll sit in meditation. And then from there, basically straight into the ice. I won't do the ice every day. It might be, it varies, you know. Um, Sometimes it is seven days a week. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it's five. But I'm doing it, yeah. Pretty pretty, regularly. Pretty regularly, yeah. yeah. So I do that. Um, I've recently purchased an assault bike, which is like a wind bike where you move the arms and legs. So... Uh, try to wake up and do 20 minutes on that nasal breathing every morning okay. um, or, or when I'm not doing the meditation and ice I'll just sit on that and pump that out it's get a, a sweat an going assault on. bike what? Yeah, or assault bike yeah no, it's, it's called an assault bike it's, right. it's quite a violent name isn't yes, it yes I was like <laughs> but, um, did you mean assault lamp type salt no, bike yeah like, yeah it's a bike covered in salt and <laughs> right. no no it's um it's like this big nasty black um bicycle stationary bike with pe- uh, handles right. so you're, you're so pedaling you... with the legs you're pushing with the arms uh-huh, uh-huh. and it's got a big uh, fan in the okay. wheel yeah so you yeah use yeah. that it, it's pretty nasty but um wow. you know i don't i don't go too crazy mm-hmm. i i go as basically as fast as i can maintain while using my nose only to breathe for about 20 minutes and the reason i've started to incorporate that more regularly is because it's been shown to increase energy throughout the day Okay. So if you can get in and, and activate your nervous system early, mm. it'll keep your energy high for the rest of the day. So for me, 20 minutes, um, wow. there's no really reason I can't do that. I don't particularly enjoy it. I love getting it done. Yeah. But as um, soon as I'm, I start pedaling, I start counting down to <laughs> being finished. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so... That's amazing. I, 30 minutes of meditation a day, I'm sort of sitting here going, gosh, I wish I could do that. And I, I, I bet I could. Um, so it's about intention and setting the intention, setting the time. Yeah, well, um, even, yeah. even 10 minutes a day, mm-hmm. I, I'd be happy with. Like, I'd be lying if I said I did 30 minutes every day. Okay. Like, this is sort of the bar I set and okay. sometimes you fall short and I'm, yeah. I show myself a lot of compassion for that. But okay. I would say that I meditate more often than I don't. Yeah. And I do the ice more often than I don't. Yeah. And I do the bike more often than I don't. Yeah. So it just yeah. depends how I feel. Of course, okay. some weekends, you know, yeah. if I've got a lure over, we'll yeah. sleep in and have a cuddle on a Sunday yeah. type yeah. of thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, I'm not super strict. Yes. But yeah. 
at the same time, compassion can only go so far. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's more compassionate to oneself to make sure you get up and do these things. Yeah. Um, at a certain point when you're forcing yourself that becomes uncompassionate but yeah. also i feel sleeping in every morning and and not mm. looking after yourself at that time of day yeah. well that there's a lack of compassion there too mm-hmm. so it's really a big balance i find yeah, yeah. um that's not being exactly too rigid you know what i mean yeah and maybe the stories we say to ourselves when we do lay in is oh i should have got up like but i wanted that extra sleep but actually if i got up and walked for 20 minutes around the block i would feel better than i do now and so it is it's one of those things you end up you should absolutely get up, do it. You'll feel better for it is kind of the way I've been. Yeah, yeah well, I mean, it depends on the context as well. You know, mm-hmm. like exercise is a major pillar of health, but mm-hmm. I would say sleep is the foundation. Okay. So in a lot of cases, yeah. like people torch themselves saying, oh, you know, I, I slept in. It's like, well, in a lot of cases that Your sleep needed that. <laughs> would have done True. you really good. But then yeah. my next question True. is like, right. what did you do before you went to bed? Uh-huh. Like, are you going to bed late? Are you scrolling? Are you watching mm. screens? Like, why mm-hmm. is your sleep not providing you with that rest that you need so you can get up mm-hmm. earlier? You know, so there are all these multiple Perfect. factors mm. and they all v- vary day to day. Okay. So, you know, it's really important that we, again, I think it comes down to compassion. Yeah. You know, if you need a bit of an extra sleep, have a I'm sleep asleep. in. Yeah. But also you kind of need to be that compassionate yet disciplined parent who says hey no screens go off now yeah now a lot of times people yeah. especially like parents they'll get to the end of the day they've been working non-stop oh, for the kids yeah school drop off school pick up in between you're working then you're cooking dinner the only yeah. moment of peace they get is when they the kids finally go to sleep yeah. and all you want to do is sit on the lounge and scroll watch or, something on netflix or yeah. scroll or something like that and it's mm-hmm. like well now you're being to compromise your sleep Mm-hmm. And the yeah. sleep's really what's going to revitalize you. And, yeah. and you know, the, the way to conceptualize this is it's too much yang, too much energy going out and not, yep. not enough energy coming in. Yin. So exactly, mm-hmm. you need yin. Mm. The thing is, is that scrolling, although it might be mind-numbing and doesn't take much energy, it's not yin. It's still stimulating your brain. Ah, uh, yeah, absolutely. So then it's you're out of balance, all yang, no yin what you'll find is if you can get adequate sleep by resisting that, say, scrolling, Mm -hmm. restore the balance between yin and yang, what you'll find is you'll wake up with more energy and vitality and then therefore more capacity to take on more. Right, to get up. Right, so you can get up a bit earlier, have that bit of time for yourself then when you're feeling refreshed, even if it's just sitting having a tea in the morning before the kids get up or something like that. But um, yeah, people want to zone out. What they really need is yin making the mistake of going to screens or netflix that's mm-hmm. yang so yep. people yep. remain out of balance and it's a perpetual thing yep and did i hear correctly that you threw out your television because i love that you guys don't have tv is that right yeah i haven't had a television for <laughs> so good. a couple of years now maybe yeah. four years good, yeah. what's it, maybe five years yeah it was just it's a values thing you know like there's nothing really good on tv anyway um you know i've got my computer you know I, i've have my parents netflix account you know and that type of thing so again it's all about balance like yeah if if we feel like watching a movie yeah we'll chuck it on but for the most part i don't i don't watch Mm. um television i've got a massive bookshelf one of my uh influences paul check says don't trust anyone whose television is bigger than their bookshelf wow paul check paul check yeah c-h-e-k so he's um, a holistic uh, lifestyle expert, right. real leader in the field. Okay. Um, 
wise man, big big influence of mine. Yeah, I've done a lot of his courses and okay, cool. listened to a lot of his podcasts and read his yep. book and things wow. like that. So, yeah, I like that quote. So if your TV is larger than your bookshelf, there's a problem. There. <laughs> there's a problem there. Yeah, the yeah, last bit. There's yeah. a problem. Okay. Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah. You know, I I like to. You know, you can't believe anything in the health industry. That's that's the bottom line. Mm. Like, there's so much fed to you. Yeah, all the especially time. from like government recommendations as far as nutrition and things like that mm-hmm. versus what's actually good for you. Yeah. And then you've got the whole diet industry and stuff mm. like that. It's like mm-hmm. people mm. have all these methods but aren't clear on the principles. Yes. Right. Right. So there's okay. all these quick fixes that might help you lose weight in the short term, but not in mm-hmm. the long term. But then we've got to ask, well, is that a healthy way to lose weight? And then we've got to draw mm. the distinction between weight loss and getting healthy because they're not the same. Yeah, um, yeah. Wow. So eventually, if you want to think for yourself, you've got to educate yourself, you know, and, and use yeah. your own mind to work out what is healthy and what is not, um, why someone should do something and not something else. Yeah. Um, what I really like to do is empower people to make their own decisions. I like to teach and explain concepts. Yeah. But the decision making I leave up to my clients. Because the only person that should be telling you, say, what to eat Mm -hmm. or what types of exercises to do should be you Mm because you're the only one who can feel what's happening in your body on a given day. And each change moment to moment. So Mm -hmm. this is is one of the biggest problems I see with the health industry is that Mm. people outsource their decision-making to a higher authority, someone outside of themselves. Here, follow this diet, follow this routine. You've got to get up early. You can't sleep in, all this sort of stuff. And it's like they're totally at the mercy of other people's opinions. Mm -hmm. Um, And Mm -hmm. oftentimes none of these strategies strategies are successful in the long term. Um, Whereas Mm -hmm. for me, it's like, well, I first of all try to be the living example and I've been really consistent with my health for a really long Long time time, now. Um, I'm healthy, happy, whole, um, good energy, good relationships. Um, And it's not by accident. Like it's been Mm. a very um, carefully considered mm-hmm. lifestyle that i've yeah. a- adapted yeah. or adopted but um it's quite easy because mm-hmm. it's not rigid either you know yeah. it's like i'm yeah. flexible with it yeah so do you have a um just out of personal curiosity do you have like a cheat day because they talk about eating well eating well eating well but allowing yourself one cheat day where you're going nuts like the rock has his <laughs> triple cheeseburger i don't know he has big pizzas on one day a week What's your thought with that? Are you eating healthy every day? Because you, it's your body and you oh, want to yeah. be healthy. Oh, yeah. You've got yeah. to eat healthy every day as yeah. best you can. Um, yeah. th- this cheat day sort of stuff is very popular in the bodybuilding industry. Okay. Um, okay. And look, it works for some people. For mm. some people, that just works for them and they're healthy. They feel good, whatever. Mm-hmm. I certainly allow myself to indulge. Don't get me wrong. Okay. Like, you know, I, I enjoy ice cream. Okay. I enjoy hot chips. Okay. I enjoy a nice quality burger. Oh, that's good to know. Um, you know, <laughs> that that is yeah. stuff that I enjoy. However, mm. what you've got to understand is that if you allow yourself to indulge in that stuff, too much your health will slowly become compromised and that causes your life experience to be compromised as a whole okay yeah okay so mm-hmm. another way to think of it is that if you don't care about your health you're going to have very low quality health as you care more and more about your health you'll make more health oriented decisions and experience higher levels of health okay but at a certain point, you cross the threshold mm-hmm. where now you're becoming obsessed about your health and now you're becoming too rigid with your approach mm-hmm. and it's not flexible, it's not practical, mm-hmm. you're worried and stressing about going to dinner with friends, you can't do this, you can't do that. Yeah, yeah. 
and then now your mental and emotional health is beginning to become compromised. Mm-hmm. And just for the record, yeah. that sets off a stress response in the body, which also compromises your physical health, which can lead to things like weight gain and aches and pains and indigestion yeah. and gas yeah. and bloating and yeah. hormonal imbalances and all these things that yeah. people are dealing with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My, my belief is that life is here to be enjoyed. Mm. Even the things that aren't so healthy for us, they're part of life. You know, going out and have a massive night out on the drinks or having a massive uh, serving of cake or a second serving of cake on your birthday. These things are all great and wonderful and they're here to uh, be enjoyed in life. However, if your health is compromised, that's going to stop you from living your life without limitations and as fully as you could. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if you, when, when you strike that balance, um, mm-hmm. you have the best of both worlds. It's this okay. idea of the balance between, between the sacred and the mundane. Okay. I say that if you expose yourself to something special too much, it loses its specialness. Yeah. And then that special thing becomes mundane. McDonald's is a good example. Remember when you were kids when McDonald's was a treat? Yes. Now for a lot of kids, it's just lunch. It's not that big of a deal that you have McDonald's. Mm-hmm. And now you suffer poor health consequences. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if we can keep the special things special, which means not as often, and then focus on the day-to-day, because the day-to-day is like compound interest. That's like the river that cuts through stone with persistence. It's the little things that we do every single day that accumulate mm-hmm. that ultimately determine our health. Yeah. You don't yeah. wake up 20 kilos overweight or with type 2 diabetes mm-hmm. from one crazy night out on the town. Mm-hmm. It's from having that sugary breakfast and lunch and dinner every morning. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. when you understand that it's the little things that add up, there's plenty of room for those special experiences occasionally. occasionally. You know, and then yeah. how occasionally? Well, that's up to you and how healthy do you want to be? and. Yeah where are you at and all Mm. those other factors Mm. yeah i mean that's you know that's pretty cool to you know hear it that way i think um yeah and so what what do you say your personal values are what are the values that you live by so number one's definitely integrity yeah so that to me just means having alignment of thought word and deed so i only ever say what i actually think so i never lie and then i embody what i say and think so i have alignment with those three things if you don't have alignment with those things if Mm. you don't say what you actually think and then if you say one thing but do another you're Mm. malaligned and that's actually going to disorient you and confuse your body and your nervous system you're essentially essentially living a lie Mm. and um that can be quite stressful yeah um it makes you unreliable um if people don't rely on you, that makes you untrustworthy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not yeah. even if you've done something bad to someone, but mm. just means when you say like, yeah, I'll be there, you your are. friends will be like, okay, well, maybe they won't actually be here. I can't count on them. Mm-hmm. And um, I see that trust and reliability is the foundation of love. Mm-hmm. And if you want a loving relationship with yourself, you've got to be able to trust and rely on yourself, which mm-hmm. means doing what you say you're going to do. So uh, yeah. um, that's a big one for awesome. me. I think yeah. um, integrity integrity is game changer there's nothing else to me but integrity um in addition though um freedom so and and autonomy yeah um that means being empowered it means being uh, informed so you can make your own decisions and not be told by someone who may be seen as a higher authority what's right for you Mm. no one can tell me what's right for me except for me and um i live by that and i'm willing to you know, (laughs) accept the consequences of my own choices. And uh, I would say compassion. So compassion in all areas. And Mm -hmm. uh, I I say to my clients that exists in balance. 
because um, compassion sometimes me means being disciplined. Yeah. Like um, compassion can sometimes seem cruel in the short term. Like an example I use, if the child is crying for lollies, it looks cruel when you say no lollies, right? But if you give the child nothing but lollies, because it's always going to want lollies, eventually the kid's going to get a tummy ache and sick. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you can give the child lollies sometimes. Mm. Um, but you've got to say no. But you've got to you, have you, firm boundaries. Exactly. Yeah. Boundaries yeah. are critical. Yeah. So yeah. compassion exists in that balance between boundaries and um, mm. being completely carefree, I suppose. Yeah. Um, it's like the example of the morning. I wake up and I do something healthy and productive mm. for me. Mm. That's kind of hard to do. It's always yeah. easier to sleep in, but it's compassionate yeah. for myself if I get up and look mm. after myself. Yeah. At the same time, if I don't allow myself to sleep in when I feel like it, mm-hmm. well, then that's not very compassionate either. So, yeah. you know, it all exists in balance. So I would say mm-hmm. integrity, freedom, freedom, compassion. Compassion, lovely. Yeah, I love, I love that. Um, acting with integrity, doing what you say you'll do. Like, you know, there's a lot of people at the start of uh, the year with their New Year's resolutions, like, I'm going to exercise three times a week or, you know, I'm going to say no to this dessert or ice cream. And then a lot of the time we end up indulging and then going, oh, well, I, I, I said in my goal that I wasn't going to eat dessert. Yeah, they followed up with guilt and shame yeah, and condemnation yeah. and yes. negative emotion, which can be alleviated if you have more of the dessert because food is a yes, comforter, a comfort, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's a vicious so cycle. It so. is, and, and emotional eating when we've had a bad day, but in actually choosing meditation over a chocolate ice cream, you know, we should be choosing meditation uh, to make those healthy choices. Um and you're absolutely right. It's for you. It's not for anybody else. You make those decisions and choices because it's the best thing for yourself. Um, yeah. Right. And, and sometimes the best choice you can make is to have the chocolate ice cream. That's what people don't understand. Okay. Is like it, everything exists in balance. So you've got to right. ask yourself, does your choice put you in or out of balance? Ah, so I'll okay. give you an example. Right. Yep. Let's say that um, you're eating ice cream every night for dessert every single night ice cream yeah well you're probably out of balance that's probably a bit too much ice cream that's a couple liters a week i would say yeah. and that's i've definitely done that i've had a magnum I, a night yeah, yeah. <laughs> for i think i think about a year think, <laughs> was it during lockdown I love, yeah, yeah, yeah i love ice cream yeah so. well me too me too <laughs> yeah. and there's nothing wrong with ice cream but but i mean if you're having um, ice cream every, every night, night you, yeah. you're gonna experience those consequences and, yeah. and often they're not very good no. um, and then you start craving it then you can't go without yeah so you know in the long term it's not a really good plan even though in the short term it's very pleasurable although in the yeah. slightly longer term it's not pleasurable not if you really. get a tummy ache that's me yeah. Um, yeah, but at the same time let's go the other end of the spectrum mm-hmm. let's say that you haven't had ice cream for a very very long time and it's your birthday mm-hmm. and the whole family's around and your mother's bought you an ice cream cake and you really want some you would really love some ice cream cake but your mindset is no i can't have that yes because i made that goal because i I made that goal it's like well hang on you've you haven't had ice cream for a while it's your birthday your family has bought you this you're telling me you can't have a little bit of ice cream yeah of course you can enjoy that Mm -hmm. blow off some steam and Mm -hmm. then 
mm. get back to routine the next day yeah. you know it's mm-hmm. it's not a, a big deal this is freedom you know what i mean like mm-hmm. to enjoy it all and the truth mm-hmm. is you can have it all but people just caught up get caught up in these paradigms of it's being all or nothing all or nothing you know right. but sometimes yes. it, it's yeah. better to say no to exercise and yes to the chocolate yeah, yeah. you know not yeah. all the time okay but there are yes. circumstances and when it, as soon as you mm. eliminate that paradigm and say hey there's room for everything and you can have it all i bet you don't want it as much i suppose when you say well that. yeah it's no longer the forbidden fruit yeah the pressure goes off uh-huh. you know uh-huh. what i mean and then yeah. you can start to find the balance and i'm willing to bet that if people start actually applying this in their life mm. what they'll find happens naturally as they move to better health mm-hmm. is that they're going to feel the effects of the ice cream or bad food when they have it they'll cut back a little bit more mm-hmm. and, and yeah. just the target wow. keeps shifting as your body yes. gets clearer yeah it's gonna you're gonna feel the effects of all that sugar mm. a lot quicker and then you don't even have to try because you know actually if i have two scoops i get sick so yeah. one scoop's fine yeah and then I'll maybe yeah. i'll have half a scoop or maybe mm. i don't need it tonight mm. you know mm. You, mm. you start to become free and you lose these cravings and it's mm-hmm. and you're liberated from your own physiology yeah. okay yeah awesome Wow, I'm learning so much. Um, you know, haven't even. There's like, wow, I could talk to you for three, four hours. Yeah, well, let's let's do it. <laughs> uh, this this is this is what I love talking about. Okay, you know, yeah. this this has been the product like, of 15 years working very closely with people, mm. all different skill levels, mm. all different ages, all different health challenges, and when you work one on one with that many people that closely, you extract patterns. Yes. You, you see, yeah, okay, well, but these yes. people aren't exactly facing the same problems, mm-hmm. but there's something in common that underpins both their challenges. What yeah. is it? Yeah. And it's this okay. idea of balance. It's mm. this idea of all yin or, or mm. rather all yang, no yin, yeah. for example, yeah. this all or nothing approach, yeah. all these things mm. that keep people trapped that don't work in the long term, calorie counting, food restrictions, all this sort of stuff. Okay. It's um, There's a way that you can find the balance with it all. Yeah. Um, it yeah. flies in the face of a lot of the mainstream nutrition and dietary advice, um, yeah. but it works. But it works, yeah, cool. Um, so I guess, well, I'm just thinking, you know, what is your inspiration? What inspires you? Who inspires you on your journey? Is it Wim Hof and um, mm. <laughs> that sort of, where, where, so where pe- do you go people, to for your inspiration? People bring up Wim Hof <laughs> a lot, <laughs> you know, and, and I, I like Wim, yep. but I never really got into his stuff until right. after I started The Breath and the Ice. Okay, cool. And, right. and the reason I admire Wim Hof is because for 30 years he was ridiculed yeah. as this nut job mm-hmm. that would swim in these lakes in Amsterdam in the freezing cold. But he had this conviction that he was onto something. Yeah. And after three decades, he's been um, vindicated and yeah. now he's lecturing at universities for professors. Yeah. yeah. A- and that self-belief is what I'm talking about. He didn't need validation, to, validation from nah. any external sources. It was all yeah. within himself, which I really yeah. admire. Yeah. But yeah, not really, you know, mm. not really following Wim for his, his breath and his ice stuff, mm-hmm. um, although yeah. he's, a, he's a cool dude. Um, yeah. my, my partner Allura really yes. inspires me. Yeah, she's beautiful. Yeah, she's she's an un, unreal yeah. creature. Yeah, um, yeah. She she yeah. loves helping people and going for her dreams and mm. sharing her gifts with the world. So she's really incredible. Yeah. Um, my father inspires me. So mm-hmm. something interesting that people may not know is that my parents are professional clowns. What? Yeah, that so, is so cool. <laughs> so um, they do they do kids parties for. Oh, no. for yeah, yeah. I was a party hostess and a clown. <laughs> a clown oh, really? As well? Ah, that's, that's so good. 
um, for those in Newcastle, they're called the Shipper Fools. Oh, no. I don't know if you've heard of the Shipper Fools, no. but uh, Chris and Debbie Kelly. So they also that do. They also do clown doctoring, so they visit the kids in hospital dressed as clowns and stuff oh, like that. Wow. And um, I think this wasn't ever really explicit to me, although it kind of was. My parents would always just say, you can do whatever you want as long as you do what you love. And um, that's exactly what my dad did. Mm-hmm. And he <laughs> became a clown. Mum left her job at the bank and joined him in clowning and they were a clown couple oh, this is incredible and, and now they've got this beautiful home in stockton Ooh. they've got me and and uh, two other kids and um beautiful, beautiful family and and oh, yeah they just that is so cool made a living making people laugh and and happy so that i think that really imprinted something in me yes um yeah that service to others of you know, serving and wanting other people to be happy and... and yeah, and just doing what you love as well, just expressing yourself and, and yeah. giving that to the world. I, I believe that's what we're, we're all here to do, uh-huh. is whatever's unique uh-huh. about us, That's we're here to express that. That's mm-hmm. what it means to walk yeah. your own path. Yeah, okay. Like, you know, people, certainly for me, I got caught up trying to find the path I was supposed to walk, but then I realized, oh, I make my own path. Mm-hmm. I do it my way. You know, there are no rules. All, all the rules that I think I need to follow, I put there myself. You know, so once you let go of all that, you can go your own way. And I I believe that success will come and and success is just being yourself and having an inner peace and serenity Mm -hmm. uh, within oneself. That's Mm -hmm. what I think success is. And then I believe all the financial material stuff will come as a result of that. Yes, when you're living um in your truth or you're living in abundance with health and um joy and integrity um the material success and wealth it doesn't even mean that much that's right you know and people think we're chasing success we we need wealth we need income and good income and but you know from running a business uh, the highs and lows of that and the risks of when we're making great money and then we're not making and so i've lived both wealth and and not wealth and i can tell you i'm most happiest when i know nothing about the books yeah yeah (laughs) i was just the happiest when i was doing what i love with the kids i never really looked at the pnl and all of that stuff and i think it just if you're there focusing on that that's a really really it's not you're not well, giving a, to the people around you. It's what, a, it's yeah. a game you can't really win. No, I mean, on what, what what I noticed yeah. from my personal experience was that because not only would I observe my clients, I observe my own patterns and exercise my own awareness to see where I'm behaving unconsciously. Right. Yeah. So when I was running my PT business, mm-hmm. at one point um, I wasn't uh, making very much money. I had a lot of free time. I'd complain about it because it was stressful. You know, I want to make more money. You know, I'm not really doing much. I'm wasting my life. You know, I've got to do something. Mm-hmm. Fast forward a couple of months, I'm making literally five times as much money. Wow. I've got all this work. And then I thought, oh, I've got no time. I don't have any time. So I realized that it wasn't the circumstance. It was my own inner attitude that I was projecting onto the circumstance. Yes. Whether I was busy or not, where I was making a lot of money or no money, yeah. I wasn't happy. Mm-hmm. That's what I was yeah. like, oh, okay, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. especially um, since discovering breath work and mm-hmm. moving beyond uh, personal training from a physical exercise point of view and moving on to more of a holistic approach that we've been discussing today, yeah. um, making that move and letting my personal training business sort of just fizzle out has been a really big spiritual test because yes. it, it meant that, okay, my my clients are going away and i'm making less money and Mm -hmm. money's less predictable now and i'm getting a bit nervous Mm 
Mm. Can I relax and breathe through it and trust? Mm. Can I trust mm. that I'm flowing my heart and mm-hmm. believing that I'm doing what I'm meant to be doing and that will, it'll all just pan out? 100%. And I can yeah. tell you that um, it's been yeah, well. like the most like unpredictable sort of um, insecure time of my life yeah. in that I don't know when the next piece yeah. of money is coming in, but yeah. I've just been so at peace yeah like you yeah. play out the worst case scenario in your head and go okay it's still not that bad it's still not that bad <laughs> yeah. i can i can sell sell yeah. my, my home house, and i can move in right. with my mum and dad they'll yeah. have me and yeah. allura loves me no matter what yeah. so i'm good yeah. you know what i mean and yeah. it's it's really liberating awesome. um yeah. thankfully wow. though um you know people yeah. have been captivated by the breath and the ice and i've got lots yeah. of opportunities to share my gifts and yeah. and yeah. uh it's i've been able to make ends meet just yeah. fine yeah. but yeah there was a time there where it was mm. like a real mm. spiritual test is can i just breathe through this and stay calm and yeah. let it let it go you know yes. yeah well i just look i 100 percent feel that um it's surrendering in the moment but it's also equanimity so you know when we're not being pulled by um the circumstances when you talk about meditation and for me it's being equan equanimous with um the highs and lows because when we are centered and when we are grounded we're going to be less pulled into the stress of the financial or you know you even the pandemic i felt like the people that were able to thrive in that situation were the ones that weren't reacting were the ones that were just trying to you know stay focused on their own health and well-being and trying not to get into the stress of it all Um, and i found there was moments there where we're always being tested but it's in the it's in the testing when we show strength and resilience and inner peace. You're right. That's right. Um, there's so much magic happens in that surrendering. Well, you know, whether it's a, an obstacle or an opportunity mm-hmm. is in your perception. Mm. Now, if you perceive something as an obstacle, it's going to be very challenging to get through that because mm. that's the nature of obstacles. But if you can mm. use that higher level thinking and go, well, no, there's in all change, there's opportunity. Mm-hmm. What can I do here? Yeah. And um, wow. w- and that will actually color your perception. Will color how you behave and respond or react mm-hmm. to your circumstances, and how you act shapes your circumstances. Mm-hmm. Like there's always a way we can make things worse with our actions. <laughs> you know, therefore, it must mm-hmm. be true that we can always make things at least a little bit better, even if it just mm-hmm. means our attitude. Yeah. So um, yeah, awesome. that's that's a lesson I learned from uh, Victor Frankl, who wrote Man's Search for Meaning. Yes, He's a fantastic one of my heroes yeah. as well and inspirations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but going back to your point, this yeah. is what I see is the utility of the ice. Mm-hmm. You know, the ice fundamentally is a process of cutting your puppet strings. Mm. If something in your external environment can influence how you feel and how you think and how you act mm-hmm. or react, mm. basically it's pulling your strings. It has control mm. over you. Mm. So when you so get into un- the ice, that's right. When, when you get in the ice and that mm. environment outside of you is so strong, you've got no choice but to either react, mm-hmm. struggle through it, climb out, mm. or you can drop into what the Stoics called the inner citadel, which is this place of inner peace where you just find that stillness inside you and you're no longer bothered by the external circumstances and this is what Mm. people are dropping into Mm. not always but very often in the ice Mm. 
This is actually the inspiration for a workshop Allure and I are putting on in a couple, uh, well, we're going to be putting yeah. on over over this year in various mm-hmm. locations called the Quantum Ice Immersion. Okay, And it's cool. about going into basically a deeper state of meditation wow. using the ice and just okay. dropping into that deep inner strength. Wow, so we're awesome. really excited to, to bring that yeah. to the community so too. So how long can you stay in ice for without it being... A- you know, physiological response, the body could die. Like what's the time there? So everyone's different and there are lots of variables um, like um, your experience in the ice, how much brown fat would have a factor, um, um, the temperature of the ice. Yeah. I know Wim Hof, I think for his 60th birthday, spent an hour in the ice, 60 minutes for his 60th birthday. Wow. And he was fine. Wow. But, you put but he the average... does it all the, like, all yeah, the time Yeah, I mean, too. he's been doing it for a very long <laughs> yeah. time yeah. and he's, he's quite a powerful, mm. powerfully minded mm-hmm. man. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the average person as like a one-off 10 minutes, yeah. you know, I mean, they could yeah. maybe go more. It's like, how extreme do you want to go? Mm. To get the benefits, two minutes is all you need, Yeah, wow. you know, and, and yeah. depends what your goals are, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, for two minutes for all the physical benefits. But for me, it's about exercising that higher level brain control over your lower, more primal animal centers. Okay. So as you approach the ice, that little animal inside you, like the, um, the reptilian brain, mm-hmm. It's saying don't do this because it's wired to move away from pain and only towards pleasure. Okay. That's why it's much easier to sit, sit and eat ice cream than it is to get in the ice, right? <laughs> but when you um, use your high-level neocortex to override that animal instinct to avoid pain and seek pleasure, mm. not only do you you know, avoid the ice cream maybe for tonight, mm-hmm. but you also can force yourself to get in the ice, okay. drop into this, this inner peace, and it just exercises self-control. Yeah. That's why I see it. And yeah. what this means is that when you face stressful situations mm. that dump the same stress hormones into your body as the ice, so all stressful situations, mm. no matter what they are, no matter who you are, yep. when it comes to your physiology, it's quite binary. It's just uh, cortisol, mm-hmm. adrenaline, yes. yeah. um, mm-hmm. norepinephrine. Like these, these stress hormones get released in the body no matter what it is that stresses you. So if you can stay calm in the face of that adrenaline dump mm. and breathe through it, yeah. what this means is lots of things. But okay. for me, most importantly, it's it's self-control. Instead yeah. of being emotionally reactive, mm. you can stay calm and make well-thought-out choices. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay, There was a great quote that says, the leader of a group is the person who breathes the slowest in a time of crisis. So whenever there's a stressful situation, yeah. look to the person that's slowly, slowly breathing, breathing, you know, wow. just keeping their, yeah, their calm. calm. That's awesome. And what's really cool is, yeah. and this is what when we can get into the neuroscience of the ice exposure, there's a principle in neuroscience that says neurons that fire together, wire together, together, right? So yeah. what this means is that all our experiences are underpinned by neural activity in the brain. Mm-hmm. So when you're stressed, mm-hmm. you're feeling that stress response with all the hormones, but you're also activating the stress neurons in the brain. Mm-hmm. When you slow breathe, you're activating the slow breathing neurons in the brain. Mm-hmm. So if you're inducing a stress response, then choosing to slow breathe, what this means is that you're pairing the stress neurons with the slow breathing neurons. Okay. So what will happen automatically with practice and with commitment to this process mm. is that every time you get that adrenaline dump and that stress, you're just going to take a big breathe. breath in. Slow breath out and you'll keep yourself nice and calm. 
And you don't need to get in freezing cold ice to do that. <laughs> if you, if you, you can practice that in a cold shower, mm. you know, just deal mm-hmm. with 30 seconds of cold water, watch yourself mm. go, huh, huh, but then slow the breathing down until you get that state of calm and then you're done. Yeah. And, awesome. you know, imagine that mm. piece of compound interest you know, a mm. couple times a week over a lifetime, yeah. you reorient yourself in a really massively positive way. Yeah, and the longevity, like your life, your quality of life, but you also can add years to your life. We are doing so many things that are cutting years off our life, and that is stress and high stress, high pressure jobs, and like this kind of thing yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, when well, you're a business owner you, you you're putting yourself under pressure you're putting yourself under stress a lot of the time so it's kind of like if you love what you do you really need to have a good practice of meditation or yin practice go to yoga or, you know you have to have that something that can yeah reduce the the stress and the cortisol and so deep breathing is you know one of the tools that we have accessible to us every day but we don't sit and breathe slowly and deeply uh, enough. That's right. And, and you know, you're, you put it really well, a yin practice, just something that allows you to recharge. Yeah, exactly. Could be something as simple as just going for a gentle walk without your phone, yeah. you know, or avoiding yeah. screens at a certain time at night so mm-hmm, you can mm-hmm. get proper sleep. Yeah. Uh, but you're totally right. And it depends what type of game you want to play. Like people almost wear stress and their productivity as a badge of honor. <laughs> But these people tend to get sick more often. They are shaving years off their life. And then (laughs) they're going to go to uh, the grave early without Mm -hmm. uh, producing the fruits of their productivity for the world to share in. So the question comes like, if life's a long-term game, which it is, what's the best way to play? And it's well to find a balance. Now, it's a marathon, not a sprint. If you Mm. sprint all the time, you've inevitably got to stop and rest, Mm. which Mm. the body will force you to do. It'll force that yin through Mm. an injury or through burnout. It will. And then you'll recover and then you sprint again. Yeah. But if you can Mm. see that pattern, yin to yang, yin to yang, Mm -hmm. and instead go, no, okay, I'm going to tune into the signs from my body when I'm approaching burnout and just take my foot off the gas, you can find what's called the middle way. If you imagine the yin-yang symbol, that curving line down the middle, that's That's what they call the middle way. And if you can find that balance between yin and yang, it means you can go as hard as you can Mm -hmm. without compromising going as long as you can, and that's when you're the most productive and fruitful. So you can you could argue for those who really struggle to take time off that by taking time off and slowing down you actually are more productive in the long term, uh, not yeah. least of all because you live longer to be mm-hmm. productive. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, that rest um, and understanding the concept of rest. Um, you know, we they talk about the four day working week or a nine day fortnight and wellness in the workplace. And so some of the things we're looking at this year is like forced five, nine day fortnight. Yep, the office is gonna be closed every second Friday, right? Um, but we're also, you know, we've had a wellbeing officer, we've got a wellness committee, we're doing mindfulness and meditation and um, happiness committee and making sure we are using tools um, so because our, our clinicians, are, you know, there's a high rate of burnout in our industry in private practice, paediatrics, we're with kids and um, they're beautiful kids, but they can be taxing at times and the complexity of their scenarios can be confronting. Uh, and we have this compassion fatigue or burnout rate, it's high. Um, so it's so important, you, you said that beautifully, to, to know your limits, but to, to push and then foot off the pedal to recover 
to push. Like if you do need to push, you also need to rest. You also need the opposite. Exactly. So. It's all about balance. Mm. And this is exactly where flexibility comes in. You'll notice mm-hmm. that line down the middle of the yin-yang isn't a straight line. Mm-hmm. It bends. Mm-hmm. It's flexible. Oh. Bruce Lee's got this great quote where he talks about the oak tree. Have you heard this yes. one? Yeah. How the oak tree is really strong, mm-hmm. really thick, mm-hmm. but in strong wind, it's that rigidness that makes it fall down. Mm. Whereas the bamboo, it stays standing because it's flexible. It can bend in the wind. So that's why these rigid approaches to anything, I believe, where you've got to follow this, yeah, yeah, yeah. this regimented, pre-thought yeah. out plan that doesn't take into consideration mm. your needs in the moment. Mm. Um, well, yeah. you, you're going to be one seeking answers outside of yourself mm-hmm. and two not really seeing the results you want yeah. that's why the best way to go about this whole thing is to empower people mm-hmm. empower people to get to know themselves know thyself yeah. Yeah. so they can read their own signs and ascertain mm. what they need at a given time to restore yeah. the balance for them yeah. whether it's meditation whether it's good night's sleep whether it is a bit of ice cream mm-hmm. yeah. you know um yeah. you need to be able to make your own decisions and self-regulate self-manage so, Gene, what is your 10-year plan from here? That is a really good question. Mm-hmm. So, my 10-year plan would be to marry Allura, <laughs> yeah, have a lovely. child, <laughs> and build our brand that we're, we're calling The Heart Shift. Okay. So, a bit of context on that. Yeah. Allura contacted me to be right. a breathwork facilitator on a retreat she was running. So, she was okay, already yes. doing retreats yep. um, okay. last year, and she saw my stuff online and invited mm-hmm. me to come be a facilitator. Cool. Wow. And we had a couple meetings and got along really well. And then um, decided that we'd drive to Melbourne mm-hmm. to check out the venue. It's yep. called um, awesome. the King Parrot Cottages in, okay. in Lawn or just outside of Lawn in Victoria. Oh. Yeah, never been, but Lawn's meant to be beautiful. It's a gorgeous, yeah. gorgeous right. property. Cool. We're actually going back at the end of March. Okay. So that's our next start. Uh, yep. Heart Shift Retreat. Heart Shift yep. Retreat. So yep. it was called the Heart Shift Retreat in September last year. Okay. And in the lead up to that, we uh, went for a drive to mm. Melbourne. It was a four-day road trip there and back, and uh, we fell in love um, <laughs> and came back as a committed couple. And we've been together for seven months today. Wow. Um, but awesome. she's, yeah, she's just unreal and um, it was very on brand. We called mm-hmm. the retreat The Heart Shift, which is all about teaching people to sort of operate from a level of compassion for themselves and yep. others or from yeah. the heart mm-hmm. and there's a lot of science to that and mm-hmm. how the heart influences your thinking and your emotional yep. reactions and things and it's yep. just a much healthier place to operate from yeah um and yeah we've been together since and we've started our brand that we've called the heart shift because mm-hmm. you know that yeah. really we really love that name we're doing yep. the heart shift 2.0 like right. i said in awesome. march yep. uh, but we're also putting on a whole series of um workshops yep. so we've got a fire walking experience yeah, I'm coming. I've got yeah, a ticket. Be, I've never great. walked on fire. Yeah, yeah. It's um. Wow. So we've got that. We're going to do um a workshop called Altered States, okay. which is all about using breath work to replicate psychedelic-like experiences. Yeah. Um, which can be really transformative. Yeah. And we've got the quantum ice immersion. These are our okay. uh, workshops that we're going to be touring around Australia with. Yeah. And awesome. um then bigger immersive retreats. Mm-hmm. And we're also going to be both op- um, offering mentoring and coaching. So yeah, that's cool. the, I would say, the short-term the plan. plan. Yeah. Um, and we'd really love to to move on to like massive like auditoriums, like 100 plus people, doing you know, yeah, doing massive breath work and really changing as many lives as we can. Wow. So that's So that's I'm going to come plan. back to you in a few years' time and see where you are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, well. you know, my... my 
biggest driving force is my spiritual practice mm. i would say um, i'm very interested in the body and, and the yeah. mind yeah. Um, but at a certain point you can transcend it all when you sort of find your own inner part and spirit and soul and mm. and um when you do that you're no longer subject to the temptations of you know the material world and and um i've made a lot of spiritual progress in the last couple of years sort of since COVID and since you know discovering mm -hmm. the breath work and just yeah. discovering myself so yeah. i would really love to um help people with their spiritual pursuits mm -hmm. in the future uh once i'm enlightened of course yeah. <laughs> but um and is buddhism like is it buddhism that you do you read buddhism texts and yeah, scripts I'm, and yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, i would say i'm pretty hugely influenced by buddhism i wouldn't call mm -hmm. myself a buddhist i'm also mm -hmm. a lover of christ but i wouldn't mm -hmm. call myself a christian yeah. um it's yeah. like the consciousness it's mm -hmm. more like the op the mode of operating which right. boils down to can you operate from compassion can you seek to understand instead of blame? Mm. Um, can you judge less or not at all? Mm. Can you trust that you're right where you need to be at all times? And there's mm. this divine order in the universe that I, I believe exists. And even though it doesn't seem like things are perfect at the time, in broader context, you can see that everything is where it needs to be for right now mm -hmm. um that must give just a peace uh, inner peace for sure yeah, yeah. And, and like it's an ongoing um practice you've got mm. to often remind yourself you know mm. um not get caught into other people's dramas yeah and, exactly yeah. like um, a big a big thing for me especially um working so closely with people is buying into their victim story mm. you know because um, mm -hmm. a lot of people have some really horrible things happen to them that they didn't choose but again we are empowered to take it and make something better out of it mm. you know when things break you can take the pieces and make something better i really believe that and yeah. there's no more productive and pragmatic way to deal with challenges is to look within it for something that you can use for your own growth mm. i think that's really important um yeah. but you know you know i spoke earlier about going down this rabbit hole of you know what what helps people at the end of the day what i'm here to do is help people achieve optimal health and transform okay. optimal health is important because with optimal health you can realize more of your potential you can be more you yeah okay and that okay. doesn't necessarily mean weight loss no. optimal health to me is physical freedom so mm -hmm. not being limited by aches and pains and imbalances mm. in the body yep. it means cognitive function mm -hmm. the ability to think clearly and make good decisions yeah it's emotional stability yep. so no longer being pulled around by the um, emotions of your body and being reactionary mm -hmm. it means immune function which means bouncing back from disease quicker mm -hmm. and illness quicker and then creative intuition which means being able to tune into that piece of you that's deep within that knows which way to go so trusting your gut and following your heart so when your, your body is healthy the vessel's clear and you can receive those intuitive messages that guide you and you can go your own way instead of listening to other people. Oh my so, gosh, so good, so good. So, I need those five things yeah, again. Yeah, <laughs> I'll write them down. So it's it's physical, physical freedom. Physical freedom. Emotional stability. Emotional stability. Cognitive function. Cognitive function. Immunity. Immunity. And creative intuition. Creative intuition. So with good health, you get those. Oh. And there's nothing that you couldn't do better with more of those things. Hmm. Those things, whether you want to be a good mother, a good business owner... With those five things which come with good health you can realize more of your potential you've got more capacity to do and accomplish more yeah so that's why health's the foundation of realizing your highest potential but then you need to transform to achieve good health okay mm. so then it becomes okay well what stops people from transforming 
and everyone's different. Yeah, we've got, all got backstories, haven't we? Or, well, or, or stories that limiting beliefs. That's right. Yes. But as I've gone down the rabbit hole, it's like, what's something that would work for everyone no matter what? Mm. And what I've discovered is that it's a spiritual awakening. Okay. Something that just changes your life and flips the paradigm on its head. And oh. Bill uh, Watson, Bill Watts, okay. he's the founder of Alcoholics Anonymous. Okay. He discovered that these addicts, these people that were abusing alcohol and just couldn't quit, the only hope they had was a spiritual awakening. And they didn't subscribe to any theology. They just, you need to just almost release yourself to a higher power, transcend the ego and get in touch with your soul. And he's helped thousands, hundreds wow. of thousands of people with Alcoholics Anonymous. And it's through mm. a spiritual awakening process. Wow, I didn't know that. I yeah, didn't know that. it's, it's wow. um, incredible. Okay. So it's like when you get, like mm. not everyone needs a spiritual awakening. Some yeah. people just need to know that processed foods are bad. Mm. But I'm mm. interested in the principle behind that. Okay, as you go yeah. deeper and deeper, you find that, wow, for people who are really lost and they nothing else is working. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, could be anything, could be yeah. addiction to, to anything, anything yes, that they're right. just holding on to. It's associated with the ego, right. you know. Um, mm. But if you transcend that and tap into the spirit, suddenly, and you hear this from Alcoholics Anonymous um, participants all the time, is that they learn to be grateful for their addiction. Because it took them on this path that ultimately led to their spiritual awakening where they're free of their, their mm, addictions. Their pain and suffering. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You just transcend it. And um, that to me is so interesting. I'm so mm. curious about the, the neurobiology and the mm. neuroscience of all that. Like what's yeah. actually happening in the brain when you do have a spiritual experience. This mm. is what Altered States is all yeah. about. Okay. This is what yep. psilocybin, which is about to be reclassified as a medicine for psychiatry, that's magic mushrooms. This is now being... Um, reclassified as a as a medicine by psychiatrists in australia australia is the mm. first country to do it and and when you have this medicine you enter these altered states and have yeah. these process trauma and stuff. right yeah. right i've and, heard and so much about psychedelics i've never gone there but i, I oh you know. it's an ancient tool that's been used for thousands mm. of years and and yeah. you know all over the world research is being done and it's it's been given breakthrough treatment status for for treatment resistant depression yeah, there are okay. a huge. I've got a huge library all about it. It's mm. just so interesting to me. Um, but yeah, like like these sorts of spiritual awakenings that you know, whether it's discovering Buddhism or mm. psychedelics or mm. breath work mm. or meditation, when you tap into yeah. your higher self, mm -hmm. which is probably mm. I would say is more real than the the ego who you believe you are. Yeah. you can just transcend all the stories. Yeah. And this yeah. allows healing and transformation yeah. and that's associated yeah. with optimal health too. Yeah. So again, not yeah. everyone needs to, you know, mm. find their spiritual side to improve themselves. Mm. But I'm interested in okay, someone's at absolute rock bottom. Yes. What what will work for them? Yeah. And awesome. That's Sounds the answer. Yeah. From my point of view anyway. Yeah, incredible. Um, oh my goodness. Okay. What positive mark do you want to leave on the world in this lifetime? Oh gosh, we're running out of time. I'm having you back on the channel. <laughs> I would love to come back. This has been so, so fun. Any chance yeah. to talk about what I'm passionate about, yeah. I'll, I'll jump at it. Oh, Let's just, make it a weekly thing. Yeah, there's so <laughs> much. We can, there's so much um, knowledge and and wealth of knowledge. Like, there's so much in that that I want to unpack. Like, whoa. And yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah well, seriously, like, I this That's is so what good. I would love to do. Okay. So, you well, know, anytime, I'd be more, more than happy to come back. But yeah. what right. positive mark do I mm. want to leave on the world? Yeah. Hmm. I, I just want to, I think, alleviate as much suffering as I can. 
yeah, I just want to help alleviate as much suffering as I can and allow people to share their gifts and understand that we all have something to offer every single one of us that's innate in the in the human experience Mm -hmm. we all come to the earth with something to offer the world to make it a little bit better i'd like to increase the overall level of consciousness in Mm. in the world so have people instead of operating from places like guilt and shame Mm -hmm. start to operate from a place of integrity and and love Mm. i think that would make the world a much better place and Mm. i think that's probably the best answer i can give amazing right now yeah 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 incredible um i think legacy is leaving something in people and i think you're um, paving the way for like you said holistic health but being an expert in the spiritual the emotional physical parts of health um and lifestyle and all the all the good nuggets out of this interview is like take something out of this and give it a go i'm going to take all of it out of this and give it a, a you know i think wow I am, yeah, well, i'm motivated well, and inspired and oh, ready to great. change so that's great yeah, well you know there's some the, stuff there yeah going back to the new year's resolution stuff mm-hmm. you know don't set the bar too high mm-hmm. set the bar and if you reach the bar set a little bit higher mm-hmm. and uh if you miss the bar just set a little bit lower but then just, yeah. just aim for Go a small for target you can hit and then just keep moving forward step by step yeah, you know great. changing your life isn't like turning around a speedboat speedboats can whip around very very quickly yeah but changing your life is more about turning a tanker around big tanker (laughs) ship it happens degree by degree okay if you change a ship's orientation by one degree it ends up hundreds of kilometers off course across time so don't underestimate how impactful minute minute changes so my recommendation would be just breathe a little bit slower and a bit more compassion for yourself and others that's a great place to start oh lovely Jean. thank you so much for coming in uh, and speaking with me today i um, value your time and i think uh, i'm so so lucky that you've said yes to to this and for coming on the channel so i'm excited for our listeners because they're going to get so much out of this but yeah i hope you come back on <laughs> i would love to come back on i'd like to thank you for giving me the opportunity to share my gifts and, and my words and what i'm passionate about and i would yeah. absolutely love to come back thank you wow awesome